Hello, it's once again time to go inside EMS. I'm your host, Chris Sabalero, and the guy sitting next to me in the chair to my right, always in the chair to my right, is my good friend Kelly Grayson. We'll call this we'll call this the vacation show, Kelly, because as you're talking, you're actually traveling now to uh, your own vacation, and uh, we'll call this the vacation episode of Inside EMS. Yeah, yeah, man, headed to uh, the Texas Gulf Coast for a little sun and sand and drinks with umbrellas in them and decompress for a little while. Did you bring your own umbrellas, or is that something that they put in there for you? Oh, no, 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 I, I let Nancy's, Nancy's a bar, bartender, she... She can mix all the drinks with umbrellas in them. I just, uh, I just consume. All right, awesome. Well, it sounds like you have a really great relationship. So, you know, Kelly, I, I think that we have really something important to talk about. And, you know, we, we've been seeing and we've been talking about for a lot of months and years now, it seems, of responders who are really depressed and, you know, really kind of lost in our career field. And, so I want to share a little bit of story with everyone and then, you know, kind of go into our, you know, discussion. But when I was a young paramedic, mm-hmm. uh, and actually when I came to Texas, I was uh, started to work for Rural Metro in Arlington, Texas. And it was really kind of my first, uh, you know, Texas job. And uh, Rural Metro lost the Arlington contract. And it, we now needed to be able to find different positions as AMR was going to come in and take over the contract for Arlington, Texas. And yeah. Me- MedStar in Fort Worth was just down the road. And uh, MedStar was a public utility model at the time. And the way that a public utility model works, it's kind of a three-legged stool. You have the ambulance authority, and then you have the uh, EMS uh, contractor, which at the time was Real Metro. Then you have the medical authority. And that three-legged stool ran EMS for the city of Fort Worth and 13 surrounding cities. And, um, you know, so I decided to transition and go down to MedStar, and this was in about 2000. And I was a little bit taken aback, because at the time, I probably had been a paramedic maybe 15 or so years, and they wanted me to go through an FTO process. And I was like, you know, what kind of place is this that they're going to make me go through an FTO? You know, I was, man. I, and and yeah, I got to tell you now, let's go back to 2000, Kelly. I, I had a little bit of ego. I don't know if you could believe that or not. But as an Oh, e- I'm so glad you've matured beyond that. <laughs> Thank you so much. So I was a little bit put off. I was a little bit taken aback, you know, and... Uh, but uh, I went into the FTO process. I got to tell you, man. Once I put my ego aside, this was one of the best processes that I think I had ever been through. And the reason I say that because I was an experienced paramedic at the time. I was very comfortable in my skills. I was very comfortable with my knowledge. And the paramedic that they put me with was another guy who was about 10 years or so in. And we had discussions that were frank. We had discussions that were real. We had discussions that really kind of helped, you know, really kind of helped me develop into a different paramedic. And, um, you know, we became friends. And the gentleman's name was Mark Garner. And, you know, he was, uh, uh, he was in the military and we had a lot in common. And, you know, for a lot of years, I mean, he was the guy that I would kind of talk to and, you know, that I would, uh, you know, go to his house and, you know, we, we would have good times uh, as friends. And then, you know, as I started to move into the administration side of, 
uh, you know, EMS, he became part of the medical director's office. It was actually the assistant to the medical director of MedStar. And we kind of started to separate. As, as our leadership careers kind of started to flourish, we kind of separated. Well, the reason I tell you this story is because, you know, you, we developed these relationships in EMS. We developed these friendships in EMS, Kelly, and, you know, certainly you've done that as well. Well, this week, you know, I had the horrible news to hear that this gentleman um, succumbed to his own pain and decided to uh, end his life. And uh, it was a very, very sad oh. time. And, oh, my goodness. Yeah. I'm so sorry. You know, and uh, and I posted a little something on my Facebook page just as a remembrance, you know, that his picture was going around. And, you know, it was just, it was just appropriate that I needed to say a little something about his, uh, you know, who he was as a person. Now, one of the things that I think I took a little bit from that was people were, you know, just like you did, you know, you want to be able to apologize for somebody's pain. You want to be able to apologize for the loss of a friend. You want to be able to, you know, send prayers and send sympathies to the family. And But I, I, kept, I kept saying to myself over the past couple of days, and certainly as you and I think about shows and, things that we want to be able to do is this isn't this isn't unique anymore this is something that's happening and the people who are listening to this podcast it could very well be you that you now hear that somebody that you respect somebody that you call friend now has the i don't know the pain that they think that they can't find the help or they don't want to find the help that they need to put themselves on a better track and they decide now to take their own life. And I wanted to be able to dedicate this show, I wanted to be able to dedicate this discussion on this question. And, you know, I'm going to need to take a deep breath and, and I'm going to let you opine on this question, is what do we have to do to finally bring recognition to the people who are killing themselves in our career field because they need us and we're not there for them. We're not, we're not giving them what they need that they think that there's a way out. And I can't believe in everything that happens in the world today that there's not an answer to this question, not only in our career field or in public service, because this is certainly not an issue that's just, uh, that's just not affecting EMS. No, it's, it's, it's not just an EMS issue. And, and I think one of the one of the, the traps we've fallen into in modern times is we, we, when it comes to human interaction and, and relationships uh, and social media, we, we tend to have substituted quality for quantity. And, and I've been, I've been in, uh, guilty of that as well. You know, I've, I've got several thousand social media and probably a fourth of them I, I know in person. Um, and, and sometimes it's, it's gratifying to, to have that sense of support uh, from, from such a large following, but it's, it also ultimately rings hollow. And that's something that, that, that Nancy has, has brought to my attention, that, that what we do on, on social media, it's well-meaning, but it's not a real relationship. And I think one of the things that, you know, sending sending thoughts and prayers and, oh, I'm so sorry, and those kind of things. We didn't know the relationship you had with Mark, but being friends with you 
uh, we want to send our condolences. That's a natural human thing to do. Um, the question is, is how how do you get uh, how do you keep that sort of thing from happening? And I think that the answer to that is that you have to put action to words, and it has to be something deeper uh, and more personal than just social media. Um, you know, I've written about it before, and it's, it's and, and you know, I, I've been as as uh, as guilty of it as you have with with you know posting a remembrance or something, and and I've got stories on my blog that are you know some regard as navel gazing and and. And many people regard them as, as, as good writing, but, but ultimately it was a cathartic experience for me to just write that and put it into words how much a particular person or event meant to me. Um, question is, is how do we, how do we uh, recognize those things before they're gone and taken from us? And I think it's, uh, it, it comes down to personal interaction and beer and nachos therapy. You know, that, that whole... Don't let those relationships go. Don't when you feel a friend slipping away from you know through work or or, or life commitments or your lives are just diverging. You know it, you have to stop and take time to, to remember um, what they once meant to you and, and try to keep that sort of thing alive because ultimately we're a you know we're a, a social species and, and those things are important and I think we're losing that. Uh, in, in modern communication. You know, and I think that one of the things that we need to really talk about is, and, and I was trying to weigh my feelings as this was occurring, and I, I found myself getting more angry than sad. And I think the anger was that we keep talking about it, and we know that it's happening, and we know that, you know, we're not, we're not doing But I don't know what the answer is to doing. And, you know, we had a show... Uh, you know, a few months back where we were kind of talking about changing the culture of it within our organizations of what that looks like. And we really have to start to think about stop calling it mental health and, you know, calling it mental wellness. And, you know, we really have to start to, moral th- injury. you know, I, and then that's another one is moral injury. But, you know, you say it very well. We've Our, our partners are sitting 18 inches away from us and they're dying inside, literally dying inside. And because we take the view of, you know, we got to pick up another mental health patient and, you know, what, what is this person doing and, and, you know, why don't, why don't they just go away? And, you know, how, how is our partners going to feel comfortable with talking to us about their own mental health issues? And, you know, I, I don't really know what the answer is, but I think that, you know, we're paying respects to people that we're losing and we're not doing enough for these people who need us. And it's not that we know who they are until it's too late, right? I mean, we know if people are, are not having the best of life. We know if people are depressed. We know if they have anxiety. We know if they have trauma, you know, uh, post-traumatic stress. But it, it, it's that effort that we should take now that we should be paying a lot of attention to, you know, that we're, I don't know that we are. And you know, maybe we are, and maybe I'm just not doing it, but I I really wanted to be able now to, we have to be able, when these things happen, is we have to put it into the forefront, and, you know, we think about this, you know, Kelly, and as we're talking, 
you know, this week there were two mass shootings, you know, one in yeah. Ohio and one in El Paso, right? And yeah. it's almost the same types of arguments that you hear from people, prayers and sympathies, prayers and sympathies, what are we going to do? And then, you know, s you know, three months from now, we're waiting for the next e episode to happen before we talk about it again. And, you know, as EMS leaders, as EMS practitioners, this has to be an everyday discussion. This has to be some way to put a, a finger in the dike, so to speak, that we're able to stop this from happening. And, uh, man, I just don't know, man. I just don't know the answer. But I got to tell you, man, in, in this case, in this period of time where it affects you personally, you feel like a failure. Oh, oh most certainly you do. You wonder what you could have done, you know. How was I such a, a poor friend that I didn't see someone who's very important to me in, in obvious pain? Um, but, you know, you can't blame yourself for that, Chris. Yeah, that's the natural tendency, and, 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 and you beat yourself up like that because fundamentally you're a good person, and that's what people do, uh, good people do when, when they, they experience loss. You know, they... they uh, they wonder what they could have done different to, to, to alter the outcome. But, you know, you know, in, in EMS, that's, that's not part of our institutional ethos. We don't show those emotions. We teach people all through class and all through practice that they have to be tough and stoic and, and reserve your compassion for, for your patients uh, and, and leave none for yourself. And that's what we—that's where we're going wrong in EMS. And you know, as a as a profession, we're we're doing better at it, but we're still not near where we need to be because we're still talking about it. And as you pointed out, not doing anything. And I think that we're, we've been talking about this the entire time we've had a podcast. You know, it's been five years plus. And, and we're still trying to raise awareness. Well, I, I'm pretty sure that most people in EMS now are aware that we have a problem. We have a problem. And, and we and our peers are dying needlessly and alone, if, at least emotionally, um, because there's something broken in them and we, uh, we don't recognize it. We don't do anything to, to help fix it. Um, so we've got to do something. Uh, personally, I, I think that the, that the answer is better in-person peer support. Our employers uh, are not going to be quick enough to, to change their policies, uh, change their insurance benefits, those kind of things. Those, the, those bureaucratic wheels turn very slowly. Um, and for us to make a serious dent in in this uh, in this, I won't call it an epidemic, but serious dent in the numbers that w that we have that, that lose their lives to, to suicide, um, we're going to have to, as an industry, change the way we view mental wellness. But that's going to take some time. But what won't take time? What can be done right this very second? is turn to the guy that's sitting 18 inches away from you. If he looks like he's down or you're, you're, uh, or you're just having a bad day, you know, give him some support. Or 
leave work behind you and and go grab uh, grab a beer, grab a uh, grab a meal or something, or go out and do some ballistic therapy or whatever it is you do to relieve stress, and and agree not to talk about work today. Here's today. What we're going to do is we're not going to gripe. We're not going to bitch. We're just going to be us, and we're going to hang out and decompress a little bit. And I think that sort of thing goes much further than than uh, better access to to mental health care and and uh, you know better EAP uh, sessions and and that sort of thing. It's it's the peer support. Uh, we'll fill those gaps much quicker than we can change the perceptions of the industry and, and the leaders that are that are making those decisions. What do you think? You know, I, I think that there's a lot of things that we need to be able to, to focus on. The first thing I think we need to focus on is our ability to um, change our perception about the people that we're dealing with when it comes to mental health. Because, again, I've got to go back to the part of saying that if I've got a negative, as your partner, if I've got a negative approach to mental health people, then I'm going to um, have a challenge talking to you about what my problems are or that I, I'm really depressed today or whatever that is. Uh, number two is we need to be able to have some type of, of resource that when we're feeling despair that there's somebody there that we can talk to all the time. Maybe we need to bring maybe we need to bring the clergy into EMS, and you know maybe we need to have different denominations available to us from you know the different churches that are around that we find a resource in each denomination that they can be called at a 24-hour you know notice to talk to. But but you know but again the thoughts of what are we going to do are not the things that are going to get done. So one of the things, Kelly, that we've been doing this podcast, and there are some of our shows that get really great uh, responses, and other shows, you know, I think we have good topics, and people don't even, people don't even, you know, um, comment on. This is what I need from the people who are listening to this show. You mentioned it yourself. You know, you've got a, you've got a slew of people that follow Kelly Grayson. There are people out there who listen to this show. They're dedicated fans of this show. I need you to put this show on your social media account, and I need you to ask the question, what do we do to stop people in EMS from killing themselves? We need to have this discussion. We need to put this discussion on the forefront, and it doesn't need to go away. My heart will break if... This happens to another one of our peers, and we have to have this conversation again. At some point, we've got to stand up and say, enough is enough. And we keep saying enough is enough, Kelly, but it doesn't really make a difference. I think it is making a difference, but it's not doing it fast enough and on a broad enough scale. You know, uh, and, and our employers are starting to listen, but like I said, the the... The wheels of bureaucracy turned slow. There was just an EMS uh, EMS one article about uh, uh, about the the EMS workers uh, EMS union in, in Southern California reached a new uh, collective bargaining agreement with AMR, and uh, and in that is much better mental health, uh, uh, much easier access to mental health care 
substantial pay raise. It looks to be uh, a much more attractive uh, package for the EMS workers. And, 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 you know, first and foremost, in, in taking care of your the, those higher rungs on the ladder of Meyer, Maslow's hierarchy is are the are, are the the lower ones, you know, food and shelter and security, and and more money will go a long way towards that. But but there there are agencies out there speaking truth to power and, and putting some teeth into their their uh, their support for the the wellness of their of their workforce. Um, you know, AMR was one of the initial donors to the to the Code Green campaign, um, and didn't want publicity for it. But they recognized that there was there was uh, potential there, and, and it needed their support, and they did so. Uh, in all my time of working for Acadian, if I've ever had a bad call, I didn't have to reach out for support. Uh, our mental health uh, and peer counselor called me up and said, "Are you okay? Why don't we meet? Let's talk." And and was content to just let me let me pour it out and, and talk on the phone. But she would have been just as willing to meet in person. So there are places out there that are doing this. There need to be more of them. But what I think is uh, what I think is, is going to do the most good is exactly what you said. When you hear this podcast, if you got a partner you're not getting along with, um, or he just seems down to you, or, or she's irritable. Uh, don't look at it as as a source of conflict and what's wrong with this jerk. I can't believe I have to be on the truck with him for the ne- X number of hours. Um, ask yourself why they are that way, and could that be a source or could that be a symptom of, of the burnout uh, or the, the pain they're experiencing, and reach out to them. We all got into this for the same reason, to help people, we're just not doing a real good job of helping the people sitting in the seat next to us. So when you hear this podcast, when you download it, you listen to it, I want you to take the people that are most important to you, your family, your your coworkers and peers, and don't send them an email, don't send them an IM, pick up the phone or go over to their house and say, hey, let's let's hang out, let's talk. I'm here for you no matter what you tell me. It's not going to run me off. I'm not going to judge you for it. I'm going to help you get through it because you're not in this alone. But, hey, that's what we think. We'd like to hear what you think. Email us at the show at ems1.com. Or if you want to talk, I'll give you my phone number. Email us and I'll give you my phone number. Thanks for tuning in to Inside EMS. And we'll talk to you guys next week. And take care of yourselves, people.